When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Mm-hmm. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 5, Episode 241, and I'm your host, Mark Allred. A little change in plans um, this week. Uh, We did not do an episode on Sunday, which is supposed to be Episode 241 with Heather Ingerson. We're doing it now on Wednesday, the 25th of August. So, um, And uh, it's kind of like a a roundtable bonus uh, pod, and uh, we should... do wish Heather was here, but we understand that she's a she's a out working and um, you know got to support uh, the family and so on. So totally, totally respect that. She will be back on Wednesday, but uh, to do a little roundtable discussion on some Bruins news that that has been you know popping up a lot lately. Um, we brought in a great panel of um, of writers and podcasters on the uh, BNG Podcast Network and writers at the BlackandGoldHockey.com website and um speaking of website we are looking for writers and podcasters if you guys are interested in joining uh, a growing team we uh we have a great group of people here and we help each other and we support each other so uh if you uh, are the type of people that 
can get along with a, uh, a, a big group and, and produce some quality work, whether it be audio or written, please uh, send an email to uh, Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. All right, before we get to our roundtable discussion with a great panel of uh, awesome Bruins fans, writers, and podcasters, I do want to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the NFL season. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at betonline.ag. Head over to the betonline.ag website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up and use promo code NFL100. That's NFL100. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. That's NFL100. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So anyway, let's get to our host, uh, our fellow host, or, or the panel, if you would uh, say. But let's bring in Mr. Andrew Taverna. Andrew, what's up, my friend? Hey, Mark. How you doing? Thanks for having Good. me. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew is the uh, host of the Puck Lines podcast, and you can follow him at Andrew Taverna. Thank you very much for your time today, sir. Just truly appreciate it. Love it. Next, I'm, uh, I just want to say, before we invite everybody else in, uh, big shout out to Mark for putting this together tonight and uh, great, great, great guy to work with. So uh, if any of those opportunities interest you, uh, join us. I appreciate it. You get no free merch for that uh, little, uh, you know, <laughs> little addition there. But anyway, no, I'm kidding. We'll get back to you in a little bit. Uh, let's bring in Brett Howard from the Beehive Pod. He's the host there. What's, What's up, on, Brett? What's going on, Mark? How's it going, Andrew? Um, not much today, just chilling the usual i'm happy to be here on another round table these things are awesome and pretty much just ditto everything andrew said i'm glad that you gave me the opportunity to be a part of the black and gold network and anybody who's looking to be a part of a real bruins fam uh just reach out to mark absolutely thank you for that plug i truly appreciate it next up is the new guy coming in uh hot and heavy on and and um in july i think we had 12 articles this guy came in swinging like a like a, a, a mad hockey player in a locker room that lost a, a seven-game series. Uh, Mr. Kevin O'Keefe, he is the co-host of the uh, uh, the Beehive Hockey Podcast. Kevin, what's up, man? No much, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for the time. I truly appreciate that. And last but not least is a, a, a new writer to the blackandgoldhockey.com website and – in the works is a new podcast coming up, and I would love to hear that from Mr. Ryan Ellis. Ryan, how are we doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? Nice to be here. 
uh, do me a, do me a favor. Uh, mention the uh, your um, Twitter account, and yeah, uh, sure. please so, also mention what is in store for the audio podcast. For sure. So you can find me on Twitter at underscore Rye Ellis with another underscore, and uh, I do have a new Bruins podcast in the works coming out soon with the first episode. It is called Don't Poke the Pod. So you can find that on Twitter as well at Don't Poke the Pod. So I'm looking forward to uh, mixing up with all you guys, talking some Bruins hockey. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, everybody on the panel today. I truly appreciate it. Um, let's get started by uh, some some pretty upsetting news in the hockey world, especially in the Boston area, uh, to a family that's been known to produce some unbelievable hockey talent and uh, overall just, just great people in general. Um, Jimmy Hayes uh, passed away. Um, the, uh, the other day, this was, we found out on Monday, uh, former Boston Bruin, uh, Boston College Eagles, uh, NCAA champion, I think two-time? Was he two-time, Rye? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. he hit the 08 and 09? Yeah, I think Am so. Am I drawing a blank here? Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, um, class act, uh, you know, it's just a, re- a real tough thing to, to, to think about. Um, especially when he, uh, a two-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy at home with a beautiful wife and so on. That's just a, a real uh, kick in the nuts, to be honest with you. And uh, we just really hope that um, everybody in the Hayes family and their friends are, are um, you know, mourning um, uh, accordingly. And, you know, I don't have – I'm not really good at this stuff because it sucks. But um, can I get? Uh, let's go to Andrew Taverna. Thoughts on the um, on the Jimmy Hayes passing? Yeah, I mean, I think I I said it on Twitter, right? For me, um, it's one of those things that I have a hard time wrapping my head around. Uh, similar age, have two kids similar ages. Uh, he's been a huge part of Boston hockey for a long time, and and anybody who's listened to, you know, whether I've been on your show, Mark, or my own, knows that. Boston college hockey, uh, Boston professional hockey, the AHL in Providence, like all of those teams have been a major, major part of my life. And um, it's just, it's, it's been really hard to wrap my head around to think that somebody healthy like that is, is gone. Uh, Sure as hell makes me not want to order Wendy's uh, every night. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Makes you realize that tell your family, you love them, tell your friends, you love them. Don't, don't let that opportunity slide by. And, and that's really all I have to say. Cause I don't really even know that I've fully, fully figured out what to say about it yet. So, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. Uh, Brett Howard, what do you think about Mr. Uh, Mr. Jimmy Hayes passing? And um, honestly, it, it was devastating. It was such a shock. Like uh, Andrew just said, he's two years older than me. Um, it make, it really makes you put, the little things in life uh, into perspective and the family you do have around you, you know, like I went and visited my mom last night, you know, she's getting older. I just thinking to myself, you know, like you get by, hit by a bus at any moment. And like you said, it's devastating that family he leaves behind. Um, I, my thoughts and prayers are with them a hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I always love Jimmy Hayes. I love, I love watching Kevin and Jim, Jimmy play. So I don't know. Yeah, I like missing curfew podcasts. I'm just kind of at, at a loss for words right now. It's it's just doesn't make sense. 
And Mr. Ryan, what are you, your thoughts? And uh, and great article, by the way, that was uh, published today on uh, your thoughts of uh, Jimmy Hayes as a as a person that has um, ran into him about several times. So um, let's hear it, Ray. Yeah, I mean, it, it is tragic. It's it, it's heartbreaking for his family and for his friends, his teammates, everybody he's touched in the Boston hockey community. Um, you know, uh, you can read the long form in my article, but I, I was lucky enough to get to know Jimmy just a little bit over the past, I don't know, six years or so. Um, he, spe- he spends a lot of time literally, I don't know, half a mile down the street from where I live. Um in the summertime, so we'd we'd frequently run into each other. We had we ran into some uh, similar ran with some similar crowds, uh, to say the least. So I'm gonna I'm gonna miss seeing him around, and I'm uh, I really am just uh, I'm heartbroken for the family. Like every, like you guys have said, similar age. He's just a few months older than I am, and uh, you know it's always weird when you're uh, I'm sure no matter where you live, but for you know a, a kid from Massachusetts growing up, and then you meet a kid the same age as you who's actually playing for the team and you realize how similar, you know, of people you really are with the, the guys that you idolize and you're, you know, you're watching on Nesson every night. Um, and for just how good and kind of a person that Jimmy was to, to myself and my group of friends who are just a bunch of, you know, normal Joes. Uh, it, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. And I'm not going to forget that. It, it is uh, heartbreaking. Well said. Kevin, your thoughts on the uh, Hayes passing? First off, I want to start by saying, uh, Ryan, I'm sorry for your loss. It seems that you were very close to him. So I wouldn't say too close, but, well, but thank closer you. To, thank closer you. than the rest of us. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's very upsetting. It's one of those things that is very unexpected. And the only thing I can really think about is his family. The wife he's leaving behind, the two very, very young children that you know, we're just brought into this world. And I don't know, it's really hard to to get words for it, you know, especially someone coming from coming from Massachusetts. It's hard. I mean, you don't want to see anyone in the hockey world die, but I mean, yeah, there's really not much I can say other than I hope that his family is able to get through this and get to a place where they can accept this and hopefully move on with their lives and do great by him. Exactly. I appreciate everybody saying something, um, you know, because he is a Massachusetts guy, a New England guy, you know, did did the hockey thing here, which means so much to a lot of people. And, you know, as, as much as he got sh- – and I did the same thing. Uh, you know, I wasn't impressed by his struggles on the ice or anything like that. But as I got older, I was just like – and you see him getting older and, and with the kids and so on – and his appearance is on Missing Curfew. His appearance is on Spitting Chicklets and Golf and, and so on. You know, I don't see it personally. I see it on YouTube, on the social media and so on. He just seemed like a really down-to-earth guy. And that that overseed everything that I said. I wasn't saying nasty stuff about him. I'm like, man, this guy is really struggling. But when you look at him in life and, and with friends and, and family, it's just it's a total different aspect. So. Um, it just really sucks, and we we all we all think uh, the, the hope hope for the best for the family. Um, so, can I just make a quick comment on that? Yep. Please remember that these hockey players are people, right? Yeah. Like they're they're two entirely separate things. Crap mm-hmm. on their game all you want, but ninety five percent of these guys are just great, genuine people. So 
I think exactly. that's I think that's just something to remember as you as, as all of us, right? We move forward in life and and think about the things we're saying. I'm not going to stop crapping on your game because it's fun for me. But um that doesn't mean I it's it's me establishing who you are as a person. Exactly. I absolutely yep. agree. Uh, he, got, he got to leave the live the Boston dream, right? Like he played all the way through and then with the Bruins. So, you know, that's one thing that I I kept reading and just it warmed my heart, you know, like that he got to experience that type of love around his friends and family. Absolutely. 100%. Um, the on the on the on the note that you mentioned there andrew um it's pretty well known as long as you know if you're a somewhat avid sports fan that hockey players are considered amongst the most down-to-earth uh regular guys they also are, are, are at least here in new england they they make themselves more accessible than than other athletes um you know as far as golf tournaments go and and charitable appearances um these guys are doing they're doing it all the time. Uh, you know, we see them on the ice when, you know, you hear about them at warrior practice and whatever, but when they're not there, there's a, they spend a lot of time in the community. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, visits to the hospital, whether it's, uh, you know, camps and whatnot for kids learning to skate, uh, in the, the Boston hockey community, even taking it down from not the NHL level. Um, you grow up playing, not even just in the city, around the city, in uh, you know, in all the uh, the Catholic schools, the powerhouses. Um, those guys, they all know each other. They reach as far and wide. There's so many people that you know. As I scroll through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the past couple of days, um, so many people that you know have great memories with a guy like Jimmy, and uh, and, and then some. You know, like the Kachucks and everybody um, that that you realize how close the hockey community is, especially in New England. Um, so just for them to touch the amount of lives in a positive way, whether it's learning to skate, visiting a sick kid in the hospital or uh, playing against them when, you know, you don't have, you might not have a chance to, to make it D one or ultimately do the show, but uh, you get those memories and maybe playing some high school hockey against kids like that. Yeah. Well said. All right. Let's talk about some, um, some Bruins uh, issues. Uh, topics that are going on right now. I want to. I particularly want to start off with what happened today. Uh, Tuka Rask goes on the Greg and Morning. Uh, Greg, I don't even remember what it is. Um, Greg Hill. <laughs> Greg Hill. Because I, I, I want to roll off the tongue, Greg, the Morning Buzz, but that's a totally different um, radio station. But he was on the Greg Hill Morning Show, uh, and he's talking about possibly coming back a lot earlier than expected um we're all hearing well we heard um as this whole thing was going on uh that he was going to miss uh probably up to uh, the end of november to start the 20 uh one season and uh now he's pretty much saying that he's feeling really good and things are could be accelerated for his return and, and his uh, rehab remains to be seen we don't know what happens with hips and blah, blah, blah. Anything could happen, but he seems very optimistic about coming um, uh, back to the Boston Bruins. Uh, money's not an issue, but what that did do is it it, it didn't put an emphasis on um, the player at the time. It put rage into uh, uh, the social media as in what are we doing and 
why is this happening? We have two suitable goaltenders and so on. So I just want to get your thoughts on going around the, uh, the panel here. Let's start off with Andrew. What, what were your thoughts about the news that came out today and the outrage and so on? I'm sure this is going to you know, be right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, so listen, I am well-documented, well on record of being a big Tukarask fan. Um, I posted a photo today. Uh, that just says, you know, it's a picture of Tuka Rask I took on the streets of Boston holding a sign that says, we'll play for beer. Um, it's not really a picture of Tuka Rask, but I went out of my way to Photoshop it, so I'm going to give myself some credit. Um, anyways, listen, I, if he wants to finish his career here and he's willing to play whatever minor role the team has for the vet minimum of 750, then have at it. I'm not super... Super excited still because I really, you know what that means for Swayman. Um, but, you know, I honor the guy and, and and appreciate the guy enough that if he wants to be a backup for another season or two, then then fine. But for me, it's turning into a little bit of a, a char or even crazy situation, which I'm well on record with those as well. Sometimes it's just time to walk away. Um, but... As an organization and as a player, I respect the hell out of him wanting to be here and not wanting to play anywhere else. And uh, to all you Tuca haters, come at me because I'll continue to shut you up. Can't stand you. Stay away from me. But still, <laughs> at Andrew Taverna on Twitter, I'll make you look like a fool. <laughs> Brett, how do you follow up with that, man? Uh, it's going to be tough, but I, it, I have the same feeling. You know, he he's to me, he's the greatest goalie in our franchise history. I don't care what anyone says. I love Tukarask. Um I just we one thing we're forgetting is at the beginning of this whole uh charade or circus, I guess, it was the plan was that they wanted to keep Swayman in Providence for the year. So like and I wasn't opposed to it when the plan first came out because we don't want to rush him, all that stuff. So if two, like you said, if two guys wants to come back and be a backup goalie and be a mentor for these guys, I like I think he's going to be a co- like a goalie coach or some sort of development coach because he said in the past he wants to work for the Bruins organization at some point. So I, I think it just met, whether or not he comes back in full pads or not, I think he's going to be with the organization forever. Rye, what what do you got? Well, this Bruins offseason has certainly been a little TMZ, uh, just dramatic, and and these the storylines that do pop up are just uh, I don't know. I get this reality show vibe of just like, oh, look who's back, look who look who's not back. Uh, personally, I'm with I'm with Andrew. I've always been a Tuca guy. Uh, I. I'm fine if he comes back, to be honest with you, man. I mean, I love Swayman. I thought he did a great job. He's still young. I'm not – I don't – I think that the organization is smart enough where if they were worried that another year in Providence for Swayman was going to deteriorate his confidence or anything like that, then they would be having a different conversation. And if they really knew Tuca was coming back, then Linus Allmark was not coming in uh, If they, if that's the case. So – Excuse me, I don't know if that popped over for you guys. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, if they bring Tuca back on league minimum and and it makes sense and it's not hindering Swayman's development, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on the whole uh, Rask news this morning? Well, I mean, 
like everyone here, I'm also a huge Tuka Rask fan. I had the chance to meet him. Um, fantastic guy. For all you haters out there who don't like this guy, talk to him for five minutes. This guy is a class act, an amazing dude. He loves the city of Boston. He loves the fans, regardless of what most of you idiots out there have to say about him. Sorry, but not sorry. Um, but with the actual news coming out, um, I'm very happy with it because I think Tuka Rask has a lot of unfinished business left with this team. I think that him coming in and allowing um, Swayman to drop back down to Providence is great for me. I mean, I know Andrew's not too happy about that, but I, I know I know that he's, he's, he's gritting his teeth right now. He wants to say something. Hold up. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so I, it's going to be good for him. He's definitely the goalie of the future. He's going to be incredible here in Boston. Um, but I, I think a tandem of Tuca and Allmark this season is better than a tandem of Allmark and Swayman. And that is not a knock on Swayman. It's just how can you – how can for me, I just can't choose Swayman over Rask. So if I have the chance to bring in Rask and have that tandem, I'm very happy with that. Very happy. For um, – go ahead. Oh, sorry, Mark, real quick. Imagine Tuka Rask. Just, I just – Kevin put this in my head real quick by saying, like, oh, he knows that the fans – don't necessarily like him, you know, give him a tough time. Imagine Toronto media on this guy. Like if he actually played for the Leafs his whole career, it would like, it would have been insane. It would have already retired. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This, uh, this whole narrative to me, it's, it's, it's so two-sided and, and driven by social media and the ridiculous things that people say on there. Um, I'm not going to quote, I'm not going to say the person's name or anything like that, but I had a conversation today that, that, you know, after the, the RAS news came out, this person said, why are they doing this when, when Jeremy Swayman has earned his time? And the, the word earned was, was not a trigger, but it was a very intriguing word of selected word to be Triggers honest. Triggers me. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> okay, fine. I'm in. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, it's like the, he played, I don't know, seven, eight games in the AHL. He played uh, 10 games in the uh, NHL. But so many people still forget that if there was no pandemic and there were no injuries to uh, Rask and Halak or Halak's game going down the tubes, Swayman would still be on track to play in Providence for at least two seasons. So this next season, he was supposed to be there. So if the Bruins think that um, he, it, they believe in him, in him, but they're not to the point that he's our guy, uh, Lanius Allmark would not have been signed. If they said he's our guy, nope. It, and we still have Dan Vladar because he wouldn't have to go through the, uh, the, the waiver process. If Sweetman's our guy, Vladar is the freaking backup, and then Troy Grosnick and, and uh, Kyle Kaiser are down to Providence. It is what it is, but – the organization seems to think that Tuka still has something in him. And instead of arguing that whole thing and, and flipping out about just nonsense shit that nobody can really do as fans, unless you're climbing that hill to jump into Don Sweeney's um, chair, it, you, you got to go with what they feel and what the player is saying too. Can I say something real quick too? Go ahead. Um, it's not such a bad thing either. You're going to see the argument be thrown out. Well, oh, 
you know, they signed, you know, Elmark to this deal. This is a starters deal, this and that. If Duke Rask comes back, I mean, I, I definitely, especially if it's earlier than expected, I totally see him being the starter. And yes, you're going to have someone as a backup at five mil, but you're now paying your two goaltenders less than Rask's contract that just came off your books. So it's going to take that five mil to get Elmark through the door. But when Rask leaves, maybe after this year or the year after, you're still going to want Elmark to help usher Swayman in. So that's a necessary contract, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah 100% I was, right. I, I, I don't have an issue with the contract. Go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead, Sorry. I don't have an issue with the contract, though. Like, I, I have an issue with the – and listen, Mark. Mark's going to tell me that I'm part of the new toy crew or whatever the hell he says to me. But I – I have an issue with putting Swayman four years out from potentially having the starter job. And Mark, I hear your point that maybe the franchise isn't convinced that, you know, it's, it's all Swayman all the time yet, but I'm telling you right now, not because of his sample size in the NHL or his sample size in the AHL, but his college, that man saw more rubber in college hockey than maybe any other goaltender ever. I mean, that D in front of him sucked. The offense was nothing to write home about. Like, he's going to be your next great goaltender. And just to put this out there real quick, he's still not going to be Tuka Rask. So for all you Rask haters, again, add Andrew Taverna. I want to make you look foolish. I don't like you. Um, and <laughs> I really just I really just want to crap on your life. So look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> He's a colorful one, folks. Um, yeah, it, if um, another is just, I, I, I just want to see proper development. I don't want to see the shiny new toy jump right in, get overworked, get overwhelmed. And and I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. Uh, not just in the Boston Bruins organization, i.e. Blaine Locker and all these other ones that just come out of college, you know, and look great. But, you know, this is a different, this is a difference. But there is there's a time to to properly develop and and people are not in 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 uh in a place to accept that they want they want immediate results right then and there and i i get it i get it as fans but sometimes the organization has different plans than what the fans think and they have to realize that and but because they don't have a voice and because they're not in the room that's their open door to shit on the, everything that they want to do in their in their thought process and 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 completely hang fucking Don Sweeney out to dry. Even Stop though crushing people's dreams, Mark. Stop I know crushing people's dreams. Listen, every one reality. of us on Twitter. No, every one of us on Twitter is eligible to become GM. Stop crushing people's dreams. Get the armchair GM. So. You've got you've got people on social media calling Sweeney elite already after 10, 10 games. <laughs> but I just don't I don't understand that. That's an earned. That's an earned title, in my opinion. That's, you can't just throw it out there because he had a good ten games against a few teams. You got to see what he can do in a full season. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm definitely sure that this kid's going to be a starter and he's going to be very good here. But like Andrew said, uh, as of right now, I mean, I don't think anyone's beating out Tuca. So, see, I don't a think lot we of have people. To... Oh, go Ryan. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of people also seem to be wheeling Tuca into the nursing home. Uh, he's not that old. He's, what is he, you know, lost my Mike there. Smith just signed. He's 37 years old, 38 years old. This he's year. 40. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's plenty yeah. of goalies. Plenty there of goalies go. that don't 
that don't need to, uh, you know, that, that go well into their thirties and early forties. I mean, do I think he's going to do that? No. Cause is, you know, has he seemed like he's declined a little bit? Of course. Uh, but he's still a one B at, at worst, in my opinion. And if he's making $750,000 as a one B, I'm happy with that. If my one A is making 5 million, I'm happy with that. And if my, and if I have a Vesna trophy between the two of them, sure. That's what I was just going to say. Look what happened to Vegas. They they had a tandem of two elite, if you want to, goalies. Obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the best. But, it like, Leonard, he carried most of the season. And then Marc-Andre Fleury played the whole playoffs. And then I know it screwed them over in the end. But I don't know. I, I'm not worried about having Olmark and Rask as a one-two. Like, that, that I, don't, I don't understand how that's a worry for anybody. No. Me neither. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to see how they work, and and obviously uh, if Tukaraska uh, does come back and and healthy, I mean the sky's the limit right there in the crease. But um, you know, I just want to I want to see things done properly because I've seen so many things just blow up um, tragically. But then again, this this the way the Boston Bruins develop goaltenders these days is uh, Bob Asenza has been around for ages, but with the addition of Mike Dunham around, things have changed drastically. They really have. Uh, there's much more attention. There's much more um, uh, tutelage of how a professional is supposed to eat, train, play, stretch, all this stuff from uh, Mike Dunham flying around to see in all the prospects that are worldwide. So uh, I'm excited to see this tandem. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if – if like Olmark has a freaking like a come out season, you know, just by working with these guys. Absolutely. One thing I was going to say though, um, is like, like you're saying, we're going to have the, these goalies signed under contract, you know, it might um, put a wrench in Swayman's development, all that stuff. I Swayman doesn't seem like the type of guy that's lo- going to lose his confidence. Like he seems like the type of kid who's happy, go lucky, um he gets up to go to the rink every day like i was watching his bear tracks like the kid just loves life so i'm not personally worried about his confidence getting shot at all and like mark just said char put a culture in here you know they're eating right now they're training right it's a different boston bruins than let's say uh the early 2000s and 90s so people have to remember you know the the culture's the culture, it's a good culture in Boston. I, I'm not scared of Swayman um, losing his confidence at all. Just wanted I'm, to add that. I'm not either. And if he goes down to Providence, you know what? He's got a psychological coach that goes with him. He's got all kinds of coaches for all different scenarios. This guy is tapped into being a starter, a legitimate starter, an elite starter in the future. But right now, calling that and saying he's earned this and he's elite and this is what we need to win. It's just too much for me right now because I've, like I said, I've seen things blow up right in our faces. He yeah. hasn't earned it, but I'd give him my house if he needed it. Like, <laughs> I'll give Swayman anything you want. I, any, he needs my car, I'll give him my car. He wants my house, the house is his. Like, listen, I'm, I'm going to continue to talk about Swayman like he's the best thing to ever happen in my life. Um, I just, hey, that's okay though. I just want to see him sooner. That's all it is. I don't think the Bruins are doing the wrong thing. I just think as a big Hockey East fan and as a big Swayman fan, I want to see him as soon as possible. Well, if Swayman comes out, all right, so say Rask plays this year and retires. If Swayman comes out the following season, he's out playing Allmark, 
He's going to get the starter job. I don't see Cassidy saying, you know, oh, well, he's making five mil. So, you know, he's starting. I don't care that your goals against average is way better and your save percentage is way better. He'll he, he When he gets his chance, if he truly is that legitimate guy, he's going to take it and he's going to run with it. Yeah, I mean, I said this the other day. I think the uh, the odds for Allmark to win the Vesna are somewhere like at plus 7,500. And the odds for them to win, so so Olmark and Swayman or Olmark and Rask are plus 10,000 to win the Jennings. And I put five units on that. Now, that's not good betting advice. So I would also advise you not to do that. That's but like, betting if with I the hit heart. that, do you guys will never see me again because I'll be on a private island somewhere outside of Tahiti. Like, so just, I'm just saying, like, I have a lot of faith in my goaltending regardless of what the combination is going to be. Well, same so, yeah that's something we can all agree on yeah <laughs> it's gonna be I, don't, I think no matter what over the next few years it's it's, it's a exciting. tandem it's a 1a 1b it's been a 1a 1b for a long time i mean the league's going that uh, way yeah why why veer away from that i think i think the whole league you're going to be seeing that more and more and more until just two guys are both paid yeah, just many see it in the playoffs please. from cassidy yeah you know, well depending yeah. i mean if it's needed yeah. i want to see that yeah all right, let's move on to another topic. Uh, Sorry. He just made me laugh. I mean, I want to see unicorns, <laughs> but they're probably not going to come running through my door right now while we record. So, You know what? You know what's funny? As I saw on Twitter the other day, a, a unicorn something uh, turning out a, a softy. Uh, it was the wor- <laughs> weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was like ice cream. I'm like, what the? F-? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah the internet's uh, pretty damn good at, you know, oh, yeah. my Put me in a mind pretzel. Some days <laughs> I just want to put it down. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a Twitter man. break myself. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to another topic. Uh, maybe some more drama. How about David Krejci? <laughs> um, I was. I don't see this happening at all. And actually, I'm I'm going to give a ton of credit as usual to Ra of uh, Spit and Chicklets. When they did the interview with Kevin Weeks, which was unbelievable, by the way. He called it. He did. He was. I on said the, that on our last podcast. He was on the phone, and he was saying, uh, I can't say anything. I can't yeah. do this and that. But I will say that one Bruin, and he kind of put Making out. Making 7.25. Yeah, yeah. Will <laughs> yeah. not be returning to the Boston Bruins, and that is official. So. And that, the Vesna wasn't even announced yet. That was a while ago. Yeah. So I think Sweeney and them knew about it. Yeah, it was kind of a weird, a weird thing that happened, and, and yeah. I'm still thinking like like the timing. Like, okay, we wrapped up Taylor Hall for four years, which I thought was a great deal. Uh, well done on Sweeney again, getting him down to a number that we can all work with. Make those little additions that I believe were made. Were expectations made on on free agency? Not fully, but I didn't hate all the moves. Um, and that and having deals like that and work like that you have that flexibility to make shit happen uh whether it be uh off season or or in season near the tra- trade deadline but um i just don't i don't see it happening as much as people want to get in the bandwagon of of uh european hockey ends in march and the playoffs don't start here till may or whatever april i just don't see a return and I don't. I, I don't get the hype. Honestly, I, I love the player. Uh, great player. Point per game player. Um, you know, 
very unique player in his style and speed, but made everybody around him uh, that much better. And I, I think that he could, you know, possibly have a 46 up in the rafter. Who knows? There's a lot of numbers up there. Um, and I'm not crapping on David Krejci or his effort uh, with the Boston Bruins organization. I just, you know, while he's while he's away in the Czech Republic doing the family thing and showing his kids where he grew up and learning the language and hanging with the parents and so on, I just don't see a return. And and the biggest part about this thing too is, and and, and this is a long winded thing, is um um he'll have if if the Bruins sign him. If he wants to return, they sign him. He still has to go through a waiver process. No matter what team he signed with, he has to go through a waiver process. So it's, it's not even 100% secure that he's going to return and actually be a Bruin. So there's a lot of people that forget about that process as well. So, uh, Andrew, uh, let's go to you first. What do you think about David Krejci and the possibility of return? Uh, I told you so. That's all I'll say to anybody who listens or follows me. I told you so. And again, at Andrew Taverna. You have anything dumb to say? I'll happily respond. That's it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, me and Kev talked about it, this on our last podcast. Actually, um, I think it was our last one or the one before that. Probably the one before. Yeah, the one before. Okay. Um, he's not passing through waivers. A team is just going to take him just so the Bruins can't. Okay, so there's that in his chan- transcript that was translated. He said he's playing his full contract out. So then there's that as well. And, like, I understand, you know, like, uh, a lot of people I've been talking to, sorry, are saying, well, now we don't have a second-line center. Well, Vegas doesn't have a first-line center, and they're a pretty good <laughs> hockey team. So it's like you can you can Jesus. find other ways to score goals. Wow. So that's, that's all That's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm gl- I love Krejci. He's one of my favorite Bruins of all time. I definitely think he should be in the rafters or in some sort of honorable mention or something but he gave back to the community uh he was loyal um he gave everything he had i think in the translation he said you know halfway through last year he just he felt like it was time to go home and i'm not gonna knock him on, knock on him for that he uh seems like a great guy um i'm happy for him and his family and i, I wish him all the luck going forward brian what are your thoughts yeah, man, uh, you know, keeping up with the Krejci's, it's part of the whole TMZ offseason. Uh, but one, do- you know, one door closes and Krejci kind of saying not going to happen. Another door opens with Rask. I mean, Krejci, you know, everyone's saying, why would he want to give up now? He finally has Taylor Hall type of, you know, he's got a line. I mean, you know, he's, he's not, he's 35. Uh, if he wants to go and play in front of his family, don't you think he wants to do it when he's still pretty good? <laughs> I mean, you know, he knows his body better than anyone else does. He might be saying, I have maybe two seasons left in me. Uh, and I mean, Krejci has been the type of guy over, I mean, underappreciated and, you know, undervalued as everyone's kind of said since he's left. Um, but, you know, he's been one of those one. guys. Undervalued Say it again. Tough one. Undervalued is a tough one when he made that much money. Right, right. Well, I guess I mean by the fan base rather than the organization. Um, but, you know, these also these European players, they have a different national pride than um, than uh, American players do. At least I, I can't speak for our Canadian brethren above. Maybe Brett can. But, uh, you know, we we don't see it that way. He's like, yeah, I want to show my people and my family uh, a good time on the ice. And, you know, he only has a few short years left to do 
to do it at a at a peak level. I can't blame the guy. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like Andrew, I've been saying this from the beginning too. He's he was never coming back. Um, I you know, I'll go as far as to say I don't think he's coming back after this year either. It's it's to the point for him where he's going to spend a good amount of time over there, and he's going to take care of the things he wants to take care of. <clears throat> his kids are going to learn the language. Um, uh, his wife needs to learn the language too, right? I believe. Yeah. Or just, yeah. So they're going to learn the language. They're going to figure all that out. She, he's going to play in front of his family. It's going to be great for him, great for his family. Um, he owes nothing to the Bruins fans. Uh, he won a cup. I don't think that's something he was too worried about. And when you guys, you know, when you guys were talking about how it seems that Sweeney knew with you know Kevin Weeks' interview and all that, I absolutely agree. Um, and then you know Taylor Hall coming out and signing his deal that had nothing to do with Krejci. Um, he wasn't. He was never signing just because Krejci was here. He even stated that. And I mean, here's a quick little hot take on that if you want. I believe that the reason why he was so willing to sign this deal is because he's getting good money for four years playing in Boston. And if he does not perform, he can blame it on the fact that Charlie Coyle's a center or some other crazy stuff <laughs> like that. You never know. But um, with Krejci, like, yeah, I mean, it was time. <clears throat> I think I think Charlie's going to be absolutely fine. I think he's going to be very good. Um, he, and you don't need, you know, Krejci production out of him. You don't need 60 to 70 points, you know, or 75 points. All you really need out of him is somewhere in that 50 point, 50, 55. It's all you need. That second line center production, really. I mean, maybe hit sixty points would be nice too, but that's all you really need. Taylor Hall's gonna pick up those points that Krejci's leaving behind. Um, I just hope the line gels. If not, then Sweeney's gonna have a hell of a time at the deadline trying to pry a second line center out of somewhere, which he probably won't do anyway, but we'll see. Yeah, one thing I will add on to what Kevin just said, uh, the band broke up. You know what I mean? Like the core group. No one likes to see a band break up, but, you know, it has to happen. All good things have to come to an end, right? So, I don't know. I just I love Krejci. I'm going to miss him, but, you know, the band's definitely broken up at this point. Yeah, and it's not like he went over the Czech Republic to save a franchise like Yamagaga did. The guy's still playing over there at 50-something, so. And <laughs> Maybe Sweeney can yeah. give him a call. Yeah. <laughs> oh god put that on twitter kevin <laughs> you don't even have to photoshop the jersey what do you mean dude <laughs> all right um well let's take our uh our mid-show break right now we'll hear from the awesome bruce sullivan from boston sports and music memorabilia he's got fantastic stuff at a really great prices uh hand signed jerseys signed photos signed pucks from all the legends uh rick middleton Bobby Orr, uh, Phil Esposito, and so on. And we happen to have a ton of those jerseys. And actually, September is a jersey giveaway. So we have a Rip Middleton hand-signed jersey right here, fully authenticated, nicely stitched, and so on. So this could be yours for just a dollar. So we'll talk about that later on. Dollar, dollar, bill, y'all. Dollar, dollars. We'll talk about that later on. Let's hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We have just added new Bruins memorabilia from our Andy Moog and Jerry Cheever signings. 
take home an Andy Moog autographed, inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey for just $99. A JSA authenticated inscribed puck for $34. Or a JSA authenticated photo for just $29. Or take home a Jerry Cheever's dual inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey with two inscriptions, Hall of Fame 85 and Stanley Cup champ 1772 for just $79. Grab a Cheever's Mini for 89 A 1970 Stanley Cup commemorative puck for 35 Or a JSA inscribed mask photo for $29. Today we host Bruins enforcer Stanley Cup champ Sean Thornton. Stay tuned for great memorabilia from Sean. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black Gold Hockey Podcast. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and he has some fantastic stuff on his Facebook page. But you can also email him and find out his inventory to find out uh, what he has and the prices and the deals that he has going on. Um, and he, all the stuff is hand-signed. He has video. He has pictures. It's it's totally legit. So uh, give him a follow. Uh, uh, join the Facebook group and uh, follow the page over there. And uh, it's awesome. So we're back. We just got done before we, uh, the break. Uh, we talked about David Krejci and the kind of the drama train that's been going on. And Ryan calls it the TMZ zone. Um, but, um, you know, let's transition that into what we talked about uh, in the break. And, and who's going to fill that position right now? And before, uh, you know, Bruce Cassidy said before that uh, – I'm paraphrasing here, obviously that, – that, you know, he pretty much – guaranteed that um, Charlie Coyle is going to be, you know, moved up to that role to work with possibly uh, Taylor Hall on the left and again, Craig Smith on the right. But there's some other additions that this Boston Bruins team made over the season that could possibly be surprises at that uh, 2C position. So um, I find it very interesting um, what we, what, what I was listening to during the break and, and I thought it'd be a great, great topic to talk about right now. So uh, Andrew, thoughts on your, your 2C and uh, who goes there? If you say Jack Stadnika, you shiny new toy mofo, I'm coming after you. <laughs> Here it comes. I mean, I've already made my Stadnika take clear. That's who I would like to see, but uh, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> listen, I mean, I, I think Coyle obviously gets the first crack at it. I think Coyle, if he comes back healthy and everybody tells me how wrong I was about him last year and I know how much you all love to prove me wrong, although it rarely happens. Uh, I think he's your guy. Um, but, you know, let's let's see. Uh, I hope you're wrong just for the sake of arguing with all of you on Twitter, but uh, we'll see what happens. Mr. Brett, who's your thought at 2C? Uh, to be honest, Mark, you might be a little mad, but I, I like Stanika there as well. I would Ooh. not be mad to see. It tried out. If it doesn't work, obviously it doesn't work, but... Um, I think Coyle, other than his comments, I think he deserves it. Um, he's getting paid that, that money. Let's hope he has a bounce back year. Um, I don't know. 
I, other than that, like maybe you could try Nick Fel- Felino there. So excuse me. So about you got to call it. Feligno again. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You like him when he's angry. Uh, <laughs> sorry guys. Sorry, that's Kevin's been on me about that one. But uh, or maybe even Hola. He played really well in Vegas. Like, look, they didn't have they don't have center depth, and when he was there, he played really good uh, on their second line center. So, I don't know. For me, I think Cassidy's going to have his fun with the carousel. I know it's my famous word or saying for Cassidy, but he's going to have a carousel of lines this year, and he'll, he'll have fun with it. All right, let's go to Kevin this time. Kevin, your thoughts on 2C? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and follow suit. It's definitely going to be Coil here, um, at least to start. It's, it's not surprising. I mean, if you're making $5.25 million on the books – I mean, it seems like Sweeney's idea, even knowing that Krejci wasn't going to come back, was, okay, well, I'm not going to go out and get a guy because we're going to see if Coyle can do it. And I'm fine with that. I, I think he could do it. Um, he played in, in Minnesota. He played on the second line. Uh, I think it was for one season. I'm not positive if it was at center, though. That's something that I don't know. And if anyone else does. He started off the year as the second line center. And then moved to right wing. He moved. Uh, he actually ended up moving down into the right. He was. He bounced around all over the place, though. So okay. His, well, fir- had, his first had... years in MIDI. Perfect. Well, he had fifty-five points that season. In oh yeah, he plays great. That's it pretty was great. matchup stuff that they were looking uh, right. for out of him. And if he so if he's able to kind of recreate that with Hall and Smith, that'd be great. And I mean, I have a question with Smith being there too, but um, we'll see if Hall can help that out still. Um, but another guy that I could see possibly going up there, and this might not be a favorite for everyone, but I think, you know, Felino could also maybe, maybe do a little something there. And maybe the reason why I say maybe is because he did play on the second line for Toronto um, next to John Tavares. And he was able to put up four points in seven games. I mean, it's respectable. It was all assists, but... It, it was respectable. I mean, we'd, we'd have to see. But it, I would do Hala over him. But you have a few guys you can try there before having to go out and get a guy. Um, obviously, Eichel is not coming here. So let's not. Um, what, Kevin? What? I know, I know, right? I mean, Eichel's not coming here. But a guy like maybe Sean Monahan could maybe be a possibility there. Um, Hurdle could be a possibility. Maybe... Um, he revisits Dvorak, who knows, uh, who also has chemistry with Hall. But it's going to be Coil to start, but it's going to be fun to kind of see how it shakes out. All right, right. Uh, your thoughts on 2C and uh, update us on what Charlie Coyle said in an interview today, if you would, please. Yeah, of course. So uh, Coyle jumped on OMF uh, today uh, through the uh, the Jimmy Fun Radiothon, uh, and he had said um, – so I get it right here. Uh, Coyle on taking over as second line. Coyle says it's an opportunity, but that's not my position right now. I've got to earn it. So obviously saying the right thing, um, like we were saying in the break, he's kind of a guy that will always say the right thing. He's not really trying to become a sound bite for anybody if he if he doesn't have to. I think maybe Kevin might know he's made that mistake in the past. But um <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, we all know he gets the first try. Uh, Cassidy came out and said that, and I think to start the year, barring any major surprises, it, it is going to be him. I, I think he's been on the team long enough. He's in the system long enough. He gets that money. 
He's healthy, hopefully. Why wouldn't he get a shot? Um, something that we've been discussing, you know, to as far as replacing David Krejci's production on the second line. That, now that's not just on Charlie Coyle if he's two C, is it? It's on it's on um, Taylor Hall and it's on Craig Smith. And uh, something that you know, Kevin, you alluded to, is Craig Smith also a second line forward? I mean, everyone's going after Charlie Coyle. But without David Krejci, is Craig Smith really a top six guy? He's mostly been a top nine guy and very successfully at that throughout his career. But, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot more holes uh, going on than we might want to think. Charlie's getting the brunt of it, and um, I think he's hopefully he's handling it well internally and hopefully he's, he's just getting the chip on his shoulder that he needs to be like, all right, I'm going to be the hometown guy that, that pulls it off and, uh, and really becomes uh, you know, a Bruins staple. So I don't think, you know, he's never going to be David Krejci, but he can definitely be a second-line center in this league, and there's no reason that to not believe that, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I've just his point production has got to get has got to get better, um, whether it be assists or goals. And if you're on a line with, with some really complimentary pieces, take advantage of that. And I'm not saying that he wasn't uh, – Coil, for that matter, uh, was not doing what he was supposed to be doing as a third line and pretty much driving that that um the line um but more consistency for him would be awesome and if he breaks out this year it, it's just it, it's just you know that's money in the bank put it that way that's five million in the bank let's uh let's get it done and and now we can uh continue to work on i don't think we're there yet far from it on consistent uh secondary scoring and i think that's what we needed and and you lose that by not having a point producer in Krejci. so uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, Bruce Cassidy moves these lines around, and um, and finds the fit, whether it be internal or are we missing a piece for that final drive for a, a playoff run? Yeah. What I will say um, quickly, um, the Taylor Hall and Charlie Coyle potential, the chemistry potential there. Uh, we've talked about it before. Um, a lot of people have mentioned how you know. Taylor Hall, he is—he's a playmaker. He can move the puck. He can facilitate. He can let the—he can let the rush flow through him, uh, and he's gonna draw guys in every time. And uh, Mark, I think the last time we jumped on a pod together, you mentioned how efficient Charlie Coyle really can be right in front of the net. Uh, you know, if he can—if they're on—if there's an odd man rush with Taylor Hall and Charlie Coyle, I'm—I'm I'm happy. I think that's a. That, that's going in a lot more than if it was Taylor Hall and David Krejci, to be honest with you, because it just it, it, there's there's a different there's different mechanics there and what Coyle brings to the table. And like I said, he's not David Krejci, never will be, but I think he can do some stuff that maybe Krejci couldn't. Yeah, and and to to clarify on what you mentioned, what I said a while back, he's Charlie Coyle has got that that body, the the leg strength, almost like the hips of Yarmir Yaga back in the day in the puck possession to drive the net hard and just think the goalie's just you know, like basically stunned. But it, when he gets so close to him, just like roof it, bar down goal mostly all the time. I, yeah. I, I mean, the guy's inches away from the goalie and just seems to make goals like that happen. Let's get that more consistently like at the hash marks. You know, if you have the opportunity to if you can get that in that area and you play in that center position, whether you can, you know, bump it back, back to your defenseman or we get it in the corner to your winger, also, I know he's doing this because he's a talented hockey player and much better than than I am. 
but also take a minute, take a second to see if you have a hole and take a shot. You know? Come on, Mark. He's not that much better than you. You're pretty good, right? I'm a, I'm a right winger, so I'm a power forward. Go. I like I'm it. a power forward, but I um, the last two times I skated, I've tripped over myself and concussed my head twice. I was like, who hit me? And they're like, dude, you tripped over your own feet, man. <laughs> who hit me? <laughs> no, you're right, though, Mark. I mean, even last year on a bum knee, the dude scored a, a really nice breakaway goal where he kind of had to go around one of the guys. I forget what I forget what game it was. I think it was against the Islanders, but it was beautiful. And if that was on one knee, I can't wait to see what he's doing on two. Yes. Um, but to kind of go back to something you said about how his production definitely needs to come up, I agree. But it seems like he's not too concerned about his production. Uh, last year, uh, uh, he had a Nesson interview after a game, and it was during his slump, and he mentioned – you know, it's not really about the points for me, you know, something in this realm. Um, I, I just need to be able to do what the team needs me to do to win. Um, well, moving forward, Charlie, you're making $5.25 million per year. You helping us win is going on that second line and putting up, uh, you know, 50, 55 points. So let's see it. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, to me, this has never been an issue with skill. Right, like I know we're talking a lot about his skill and his ability. This is a consistency issue. Either put up and do it consistently or get the hell out of the way because I don't have a lot of runway this year for the inconsistency again. And and for you to say, well, if I'm I'm not being consistent, at least I'll work hard and grind. That's not what I need on my second line. I need consistency. So I hope he figures it out because we pay him enough money. He should be able to, but... I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic that it was an injury issue last year, even though consistency has been an issue throughout his whole career. Well, and Ke- Kevin's going to love this, but the thing that scares me the most is like, I know Krejci wasn't uh, Bergeron in the faceoff circle, but Coyle, man, like he's not the greatest centerman in the world, like taking faceoffs. I see Kev shaking his head. I see Andrew shaking his head. You know, it, it, I, that's where I'm scared for Coyle. That's where I'm scared because Krejci could get in there and, you know, whether it's the vet thing or not, he still won a decent amount of draws. Yeah, Bergeron's on the ice. Bergeron's going to take the draw. But that's the thing that worries me the most. And some guys that we signed, um, Kevin knows this a little bit better, so I'm going to throw it to him in a second. But some guys that we signed have way better faceoff percentages than Coyle does. Yeah, Felino actually, believe it or not, Felino has a better career faceoff percentage than Coyle. Um, and Coyle has played a lot more center than Felino. Felino's kind of been off and on a lot with center. Um, Halla, he's at a career, I believe, 51%, which is pretty decent. Um, I think that's something that you can work with. And Nosek is actually he's the best out of all of them. Yeah. Um, Nosek's very good at the faceoff dot, and I pray to see him at that center. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things where if Coyle – you got to wonder, is this going to hurt Taylor Hall's offense, you know, you know, starts in the offensive zone? If Coyle's not doing well on faceoffs, is Cassie going to say, okay, well, let's throw them out here in the offensive zone real quick and see what he can do? It might not be that big of a deal, though, seeing how um, a lot of offense that comes from Taylor Hall is off the rush. He's amazing at that. So maybe those defensive zone starts – Again, do you really want him taking faceoffs in the defensive yeah. zone either with that? But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hopefully Bergeron can put him through a little, a little camp or something, and uh, oh, don't see do that. if he can. He gets it. thrown out all the time. 
<laughs> you, you said it right. You said it right, though, True. Kevin, because uh, I, I was going to I, I was waiting to jump on that afterwards of the fact that Taylor Hall is at his best when when uh, when they're moving. Um, yeah. So that they'll be able to do that. Obviously, it's going to be on Cassidy to make the right call when he has a choice of who to send out there and in what positions um, he hasn't always made the best choices uh, on that front, as we saw at the end of the year last year when uh, the Islanders were the opposite in that category as far as um good matchups uh, on faceoffs but i'm not too worried i think taylor hall taylor hall's a first line guy on more than half of the more than half of the league and he he has the luxury of playing on the second line with a little less pressure but uh he he should be even if david Krejci is still on this team he should be the best player on the second line he yeah. should be yeah whether he is or not we'll see but i mean come on it's it's taylor hall man <laughs> One or two okay. with Tyler Sagan. He should have been here the whole time. I'm that excited is a, for that, a full year of Taylor Hall. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> that, he'd be the best player on that uh, second line. That is, unless you were to bring Pasenak down to that second line. Oh, God. Oh, here we go, there, Mark. I thought he forgot. Here we fucking go, All right. Mark. Hey, it was great talking to all of you. Kevin's ruined it for everyone. Let me give you something real He's quick. He's changed my mind. Don't 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 write it off yet, Andrew. Let me let me give you a little food for thought. All right. So, I know your biggest question is Pasternak being moved down and it never working out. The biggest reason for that is because he gets taken away from Martian. It's less of Bergeron. It's more of Martian. Um, the way Martian plays the game, which is like go go go, that is exactly right up Pasternak's alley. They play the exact same way. Um, if you take those two apart. And, you know, say you left Pasta up there with Bergeron and put um, Nick Ritchie up there. Yikes. Um, but, yeah, so if you drop Pasta knock down, um, Taylor Hall is obviously not – he's obviously not Martian, but he plays such a similar game, um, you know, that offense off the rush – and he's extremely fast, and those and both of them will just be go 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 at the same time. I think those two could do wonders together. And then that question mark that we were talking about earlier that Ryan brought up with uh, Craig Smith being a top six forward, he's always been like a middle six guy. He can you know jump up to the second line, but yeah, of course, playing with Krejci is going to really help you out. But what about when you played with Bergeron for six games? He had eight points in six games playing alongside Martian and Bergeron. It started his streak, actually. If, and that started his production. Um, and that was right before the trade deadline. If you really want to get the best out of your top six, in my opinion, in my honest, humble opinion here, you need to take a look at Pasternak and um, Hall together. Kind of set up pairs. And that also leads me to why I was saying earlier I would like to maybe see Felino at that second line center, because if you have Felino at that second line center in between Pasternak and Hall, his, his stats are going to be helped out because of that. You don't need him to be um, David Krejci in that sense. When you have two elite first line right uh, wingers on his, uh, you know, on each side of him helping him out, all he has to do is really get in front of the net, net and kind of park his ass there and see if he can, you know, help out a little bit. That's, that's really it. And then that would give you Coyle and Halla which would be on your third line, kind of setting it up as pairs. So you got Martian Bergeron, Hall, Pasternak, and then Coyle and Halla as your pairs, kind of creating that depth scoring that the Bruins really are going to need this year. And I hope to see it. 
Um, maybe it won't be Felino at that center position. Maybe it'll just be Coyle, which would also be fantastic. I mean, that'd be great. And then maybe DeBrusque and Holler is that, you know, pair for the third if he can bounce back. But, I mean, that's just my thoughts on that. You guys can go ahead and pick me apart all you want now. This is what I deal with every week. <laughs> just so kidding. Way, I think what's kidding, I, I like what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I mean, Cassidy's he doesn't want to break up uh, Bergeron and Pasta and Marchand, and we know that. He knows that. He, he, he'll he joke about it himself. Um, I think the really only way that a big wrench is thrown in the uh, in the makeup of these lines, it actually comes down to Jack Studnika. If he comes out of camp and they're like, we can't, it would be foolish to not have him on this big league club well then now that now they have decisions to make if it's evident that he needs more time or that though they have the luxury of giving him more time because he has more options well then i think you see the the stuff that we've been reading predictions about for the past you know since uh free agency opened on on who's going to be uh on the second third fourth lines but if if studica comes out and cassidy and and you know he hears from sweeney and cam you can't put that guy in Providence. Well, then now you have to figure out, okay, who goes where. So actually, I have a question for Mark. Is this uh, Stidnika's last shot? Like well, it's no. The last year they've hung on to Stenishine for since 2015. Oh. You know, so yeah, I don't, I don't believe it's his last shot at all. It's his last year of his entry level deal, so he does have exempt um, waiver process if, if needed. So. Um, I, I in my predictions that I'm going to be writing pretty soon. I I've been I've been really trying to figure out how to write this article without trying to copy another group of people because I pretty much have the same lineup. But I'm trying not to be a dink and try to like steal their stuff. That's why I'm kind of waiting like another couple of weeks before I come out because it's too fresh. But uh, I do see Jackson Neek as a first line center in Providence. You know, it's just it's it's with that waiver uh, exempt that makes him um, exempt. You know, to put the puns right 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 in there. Uh, you know, it's just the the way that they went out in free agency and got these complimentary pieces. Tell me that they want those guys in the NHL lineup, and they're not pretty much going to have an opportunity for a guy like Jackson Nika to work his ass off at camp, which he should do. Do don't ever back off on an opportunity, even though you might not get it. Just take it, put on the Providence, work on your game. There could be better opportunities after next season with some departures. We never know what's going to happen with Bergeron. You know, if Bergeron doesn't want to come back, things move up. We're going to have Charlie Coyle as a first-line center? Woo. Don't think so. Let's not get crazy here. I was just throwing Jack that out Eichel. there. <laughs> Jack, oh, stop like, it. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Trigger warning. <laughs> But um, no, I just I, I like the kid. I like what he's doing. He's put on some weight. I, I I we have media credentials for the Providence Bruins, and I've been down there the past couple of years, not last year because because of, of COVID. Or, um, but um, the way he went into a, a crowd and, and went after people like, hey man, you 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 took liberties on my guy. I'm going to do the same to you. He's more aggressive than I've ever seen um, previously. Even in his OHL days, when he was a little bit aggressive, he's even more aggressive now than he was. So there's, 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 there's tools that are there. Is it right now? I'm not totally sure. I brought this I up on say... our last podcast. Wouldn't you like to see a line of Lauko, Stanika, and uh, Lasell 
in Providence this year? Uh, yes. Right? Uh, Would yes. you not want to yeah. see a full year of that? Right? But I'm also in the woods. Exactly. Yeah. That's all. I, I just wanted to know the answer. We asked Andrew last week, so uh, different Andrew. But I'm also not. I'm also not saying that Lasalle is going to be in Providence either. Yeah, yeah, we don't know yet. But it, it's you know, it's good it, to salvate over. I like what Mojo uh, Ryan Mojo, the new uh, Providence Bruins coach, um, tremendous hire right there. A really good guy. I think he's going to do wonders um, down there. Um, and he said that you know Lysol was brought up. Mark Diver from the Pro, um, used to be from the Providence Journal um, mentioned where does he fit? And 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 Mojo was just like honestly. Let's go step by step. Let's see what happens at Prospect Challenge in Buffalo, and then we'll move on to the uh, the, the training camp in uh, late September, and then we'll go from there. But he does have eligibility to go to the uh, Vancouver Giants and the WHL because they yes. uh, drafted him in the import draft. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a. I I think, I think, I think there's more of a possibility that he's going to be in Providence than not, just due to the fact that he was playing with men over there in the SHL. I, I, I do think he's going to end up sticking in Providence, but we'll see, like you said. Don't knock the dub either, man. Seriously. Oh, no, that dub is... You know, yeah. that, that, is the, that is like the East Coast League for, for young, aspiring college guys that want to learn the game. You go down the E and you, you work your way up, but you learn how hits come at you fast. I mean, it's a totally different game out there. It's like, it is. I mean, I watch a ton of WHL, OHL, and Q. And you can see the difference. Like the OHL and the Q are so so much more offensively gifted players, and it's in the European dub, style. yeah, exactly. In the dub, yeah. it comes at you hard. It's you know, big boys. Oh, for sure, big boys. So I mean, that would be a bad idea to get him that type of aggressive experience uh, in his first couple of years of uh, consistently uh, playing on a two hundred by eighty five sheet. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, it's going to come down to that rookie camp, and then I'm sure he'll be in training camp as well. So it's going to oh, come yeah. down to those two oh, yeah. things. Yeah, Can't it's exciting. Yeah, I know. I know. We <laughs> we've had a guy like this since Pasta, right? So it's it's pretty exciting. Literally, I'm not saying he's going to be Pasta either. Sorry. Fifty-two days. <laughs> Fifty-two days away. All right, where do we go now? We just want to call it a show. Um, One quick thing, uh, you know, you mentioned. Um, New coach Ryan, uh, so pronounce it again for me. Mugel. Mugel. Well, yeah. then we also we can welcome uh, Quater and Chris Kelly to the organizational yeah. coaching staffs. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was cool to bring some back some some great veterans to uh, step in that room and and be a voice for some of these young guys. I yeah. said this on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast about two weeks ago when it actually came around, or was it a week ago? That um, the 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 addition of uh, Adam McQuaid into the development role addresses a certain need of toughness that all Boston Bruins fans seem to uh, clam over lately that we, we, we never get the guys that are rough and tough and so on. I, I honestly think that these are all 80 year old guys that just get a computer and just go on and just uh, bitch about the big bad Bruins would never do this, you know? Um, but I think his addition would add a little bit of that, that, uh, that jam that some younger players, need it's not just an offensive game anymore you have to be you have to be physically ready for what's to come at you and it's going to come at you fast because the game's getting faster year by year um and i think that'll be a a solid you know a, a good you know person to say hey if i'm getting into a fight where do i because the guy was just a he was a monster when he fought and you know he's just crippled people but 
that that all that experience just can flow down to um the, the up and coming players of these days and i think that that's what's needed in into this uh in the integration of um you know the way the game's evolving not just we need a badass all the time that's going to get two minutes of freaking ice uh and and you know a goon let's put it that way and i hate saying that name but now somebody correct me if i'm wrong because I, I wasn't necessarily prepared for to talk about kelly and quaid but wasn't kelly a face-off specialist yes he was he was a pk space face-off specialist maybe a guy that struggles at the dot like charlie coyle could uh, benefit from having uh some an ear in his voice of a guy that uh you know made some good money off of being a bottom six guy but being the guy you want at the dot late in the game he lived it right like he he played that same type of role that um top nine middle six whatever you want to call it um great face-off guy great mentor uh he's he's canadian i see him around london a lot he comes and does uh like banquets golf tournaments all that kind of stuff um he played for the london knights when he was younger so like he's he, i don't know i i'm i don't have enough good things to say about chris kelly he's a great guy so i was absolutely floored when i saw that i love that and like you said mark mcquade like he brings that like he said in his, I don't know if it was the article or the presser, but he said something like, I've always been a Bruin. I bleed black and gold, you know, and it never left me when I left. So right there, I was just like, I'm I'm all in. Player development, great guy. You know, it's the culture that, like I keep saying, the culture that Charon uh, brought in when he came, It's I think it's going to last forever. I think these guys, I think the organization changed um, for the better, and I'm happy for it. Nice. All right, gentlemen, we have anything else that we want to touch on before we uh, call it a, a show? I mean, if you guys want to continue going here, I we touched on, you know, the second line and how that's going to shake out. But what do you guys think of the third line? Um, I don't know. That's interesting uh, because, oh, the way I, I think Hall is going to probably be there this and at the up the middle, correct? I think so too. Yeah, Debrusk. Uh, we we still have him on the roster right now, so I'm going to continue to put him into the into the lineup until he's either traded or whatever's done, whatever's done with him. I don't want to see him go, but I'm not one of the ones that just want to just like kick him to the curb. I do want to see him um, try to recover from a tough year uh, personally. Because it seemed like to me that in his press conferences, he was very uncomfortable. He just didn't like the, you know, he couldn't do what young 20-year-olds could do. He was basically told to stay in, stay away, and and be safe all the time. Um, you know, McDonald's being sent up to the room via DoorDash. Uh, you know, I want to see what he is like, um, a little more open, uh, travel, a regular schedule. You know, and not just uh, a condensed 52 game. And then, you know, um, uh, you only play the eight teams in your conference, basically. So, right. Uh, I want to see I want to see that game. I want to see how he just uh, emerges from that. And if we don't see what we like, we'll see if we can get some value for him at the trade deadline, you know, for that second line center that you might need. Who knows? Yeah. I think you're spot on, Mark, saying um, if he's on this team, you slide him in as the third line left wing right now. I mean, 
the, the, between the money, between the, you know, we can't give up yet type of attitude that is so uh, surrounds him and uh, his draft brethren. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be there as long as he's on, if he's on the team and he hasn't been traded yet, we'll probably see him on the third line open a night. Uh, and like you said, maybe uh, things being a little bit back to normal, he can get out of his head. He, he If he's happier, maybe that'll translate to a better game. Uh, I also just, I have, one of those. I am a, De, a DeBrusque uh, just apologist. I I really want him to do well because uh, when he did, when he broke out, I was so excited, and I I took the bait. And I mean, but uh, you know, as far as my buddies and my my barfly friends that watched me watch him, you know, I I said, oh, yep, he's he's the he's our uh, left wing of the future. Yep, yep. When Marshan retires, he'll be about he'll be coming up to thirty, so it'll be perfect. So uh, I mean, I've I bought too far in to give up on him, but uh, you know, as a as a fan with some sense and some knowledge of the game, I know that he's 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 on his last legs here. So hopefully, with uh, some some tough guys like Ericala and and Felino on on the line with him, some veterans, that could just be exactly what he needs. I agree with you guys, um, but I want to get a couple of facts straight if you can help me out with that. He is eligible for arbitration after this season, correct? Um, is he? Yeah, I believe so. Keep talking. I believe I'll, he is. I'll, That's I'll, dangerous. I'll, yeah, so he is, and I believe that starts at 4.2 mil, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Now, yep. DeBrusque, I see, is the type of guy who is going to go to arbitration. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of what kind of season he has, you do not want – um, another guy making possibly maybe depending on what he does and where arbitration would settle at being at $5 million on your third line. Cause he's not playing over Martian and he's not playing over hall. Um, so I agree with you guys, with you guys. I want to see what he can do, but I want to see what he can do to see if we can up his trade value. I want him traded regardless um, because I don't want to run into a situation where you might be paying this guy almost $5 million, if not $5 million, um, at the end of the year to sit on your third line. Uh, we already are dealing with that with Coyle, and if Coyle doesn't work out on the second line, you might have two guys making $5 million on your third line, and that's that doesn't sit right with me. Um, so, you know, of course, the team has a, has a choice of, you know, agreeing to what the arbitration you know, settles that and they can say, okay, yeah, we'll go forward. Or they say, no, we don't want to do that. And at that point he becomes a UFA and you've now lost him for nothing. I don't want to run into the situation. I think you got to trade him um, since you've signed Taylor Hall. I think it just has to happen. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more negative than everybody. So then, what a shocker. Maybe, then maybe Brett can come in and save the day for me. Um, <laughs> listen, he's been terribly inconsistent pandemic or not. Right, like he's never been a consistent player, so you've got that there. They gave him this bridge deal because he said, "I'm worth more," and I can prove that. And then I get it, pandemic. He's a person we've all dealt with it differently. It's impacted all of us in its own way. And again, as a person, I have no doubt in my mind he's a great person, great guy. As a hockey player, I'm freaking done with him. Like just done. Like, like. I'm not necessarily bag of pucks done. Like I don't want to give him up for nothing. And I think his value has dropped significantly the later into the off season that we've gone, but I'm ready for the DeBrusque experiment to be over. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Well, I, I personally think that 
I don't know. I, I've been wrestling with this for a while now because I'm a huge DeBras fan. Like, everything Ryan said, I was like, oh, he's the guy that's going to take over for Marshawn, you know? Like, this is the future. Awesome. Can't wait. But then, you know, there's the COVID thing. Okay. But then there's also what Andrew just said. It's like there was consistencies before COVID. I was a big, you know, DeBruskin COVID, young guy, all this stuff. But I don't know. I'm starting to turn around on the fact that maybe he's not as consistent of a player as um, we thought he was. My hot take of the season was uh, DeBrusque bounces back and puts up 25 to 30. But now I'm kind of questioning that. But what I'm going to piggyback this off of is I don't know if you guys have seen this, but in Canadian sports media, uh, Calgary and Edmonton are both interested in in him. And he's from Alberta. Um, His dad played for Edmonton. There's the connection there. His dad works Hockey Night in Canada for Edmonton. Um, so I guess I'm going to – sorry, Mark, I'm going to ask a question here, but what do you guys think about trading him to Edmonton, Calgary, and, like, what would we have to uh, give up to get Sean Monaghan or um, Puyu Yarvi or, I don't know, name the next guy? It's not a one-for-one. One, I guarantee that. No, no, not at all. Not right not now. Not right now. Not until not until he increases his value. Yeah. But um He doesn't move until he increases his value. Exactly right. Exactly. I think that, you know, you're gonna have to possibly throw in a draft pick. uh, And it's gonna be a higher draft pick. I'm wondering if I honestly don't think that's a bad I I think that's a bad idea when you desperately still need to replenish this prospect pool. The picks are so so like I'm don't wanna touch any from one to three. Even though we found some gems higher up, I don't want to see any any picks go. But I doubt a a fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh, uh, and Nebraska going to move the needle for Edmonton and Ken Holland to go. Yeah, we'll give you Pearly Avi. We'll give you um, um, Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah, I actually like. I like. He he still doesn't have a contract, by the way. It's going to take some young guys to get Monahan out of there. And but if DeBrusque is having himself a bounce back year, say by the deadline, well, by the deadline, I truly do believe that DeBrusque is going to be used as a trade chip, regardless of how he is playing. If he's playing fantastic, it's going to be for one of two things: it's going to be the defense, or it's going to be that second line center position. Either way, I think he's out. Um, and for reasons that I said, I think Sweeney should be thinking that he should be out. Um, but it depends on how he plays. If he's playing really well and he's, you know, putting up, you know, maybe by the deadline he has 17, 18, 19 goals and on that third line and he's doing pretty good, it's not going to be a still it's still not going to be a one for one for Monahan at that point, but Calgary will listen on a guy who's young like DeBrusque and having a season that he's having and then maybe maybe if you threw in like a later round pick plus a decent a pretty decent young guy from the prospect pool. You might be able to get Monahan with some a little tiny bit of salary retained, um, but I don't know. It's I think DeBrusque will end up being traded for a pick or two, maybe at at the end of the day. I but not. I'd hope that it would be part of a package to help this team because at the end of the day, I I don't think that this year is the year that they're really going after the cup. I think that next year, I think huh. next year is the year. It's interesting. So I'm totally fine with them trading to Brusque at the deadline if it helps the team. Like, even though I just said, you know, I'm a, a DeBrusque apologist, 
I don't, you know, if he, hey, if he, if he's going to get a Sean Monahan, sure, that's totally fine by me. I don't care about that. I just don't, I don't think they give him up for the, you know, proverbial bag of pucks or late round picks. I think they, it's either he becomes the guy they wanted him to be, or he gets you the guy that you that you need. I don't think it's like, oh, let's just get something for him at this point. I think it's, I think that ship has sailed. He's got no value right now. Uh, why, why should he? Uh, I think that it would be damn near impossible for his value to go down between now and the trade. I, th- I think it's possible his value can go down because right now you can be looking at it as, you know, other GMs can be looking at it as, okay, that was a weird season, a really weird COVID season. He could bounce back. He could do really well. If he doesn't bounce back, though, that's where his value is now even lower than it was before. That's a good um, point. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> realistically, there's a way that it goes down. I just, I just I'm think so teams if he stays on the ice, he produces. Yeah, I just think teams don't want to pay pre-bounce back. I think they want to see what happens this year, right? And, like, uh, I forget who – I forget the guy's name that tweeted it out when I first saw it, but Edmonton's pretty much sitting in the weeds. That's what I was going to end this off with. They're <laughs> waiting to see what happens with DeBrusque because they need that type of depth um, throughout their forward group. So yeah, that's... the only the only person I really wanted from Edmonton that would be realistic and available though was Bear, and he's gone. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. really, I, I really don't want to trade him to Edmonton at this point because who are they going to give us that we better. actually need? Yamamoto's the only guy I've heard coming back from Edmonton. Can he play two C? No. <laughs> then I don't want him. He's the middle six guy. I don't need him then. We have enough of that. Yeah, we just signed. I mean, Monahan would be great. Is but is Calgary going all in on blowing it up? Like. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, they do. Yeah. It's rumored that it was either Goudreau or him, and it looks like they're trying to get Goudreau to a long-term deal. So it looks like Monahan's the guy out, yeah. and it looks like Monahan doesn't even want to come back regardless. It, from the sounds of things, after these two years are up, he's gone. So it could turn into a situation where they might be able to get you know, they might be looking to get something. It might take a little bit less to move them because damaged Monahan, goods for damaged goods. Yeah, because Monahan hasn't had the best past two seasons either. He's good. So, they just hate him there. I don't get it. No, he's, I think he's, he's good. By name alone, he'll be a top jersey seller in Boston. Oh, yeah, he, oh, he just hasn't Monahan. lived up to the first. Pretty sure ones. I went to school with fifteen Sean Monahan. So. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't even think about Sean Monahan having oh, that's uh, two full seasons on the contract. Yep. Yeah. So Even hurdle. You, you got to think about field, that too. But... And that's at six point seven five, I believe. Uh, six three. Six three. So you know you're gonna need a little tiny bit of that taken off. Even if it's just nine hundred k, you're gonna need a little bit of that taken off if if he's coming Boston's way. And you're gonna have to give something else up because yeah. the breasts, yeah. right? Like that's not enough. No, you definitely. Well, Andy's like your I 3C behind Jack Eichel, not right? To, not to be a yeah. capologist again, as I believe Mark called me on Twitter, but uh, that math still doesn't add up. So yeah, Wagner, oh, yeah. more. Yeah, there has to be so much more. You know, something's show. going out. You know, it's got to be actually, it's got to be a combination of both, in my See, opinion. And that's where the Dvorak makes the most sense because the Coyotes are like, let's just take on every bad contract in the NHL. <laughs> they don't you want know to what rush, I mean? Though. So. I know that's the problem. It's rumors that's they the don't want a bad yeah. contract. Yeah. yeah, that's the one they're like, nah. It's impressive. <laughs> what was it? DeBrusque and Zaboro that was offered? DeBrusque, that's what's rumored? and a second. And a second? Dvorak. Wow. Yeah. And they said no. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Um, fourth line, what do you think? 
Should we talk about it? Ooh, I love it. No sick center. I, I, That's all I'm going to say. I think, yeah, I think what no sick at the center, they slide Lazar to the right. And, um, and on the, on the left side, you see, uh, oh my God, why am I forgetting Frederick. his name? Frederick. Thank you. Trent Frederick. Got you. Uh, the fighter. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie over there. And then maybe, you know, I'm sure they bounce around. I don't, I don't think, you know, you'll still see wags, um, you know, playing, but I, I think that's a solid fourth line to be you honest with you. There, if no shit comes know. in playing the way that he, that he's played in his career, Lazar can still be the spark plug that he was uh, when we brought him in. And then, you know, Frederick, I don't, I don't think he projects long-term as a center in my opinion. So I think having him on the left, uh, will just be will be good for his development and i think it just will give you that that little bit of uh grit that you want uh you know you'll see wagner early the you'll see Sagan? wagner up there eating his uh snacks on the ninth floor watching uh, you'll <laughs> or either that uh, well i hope he still gets some time delegated well there'll be injuries he will yeah 100%. yeah i was gonna say delegated to providence that uh that could happen yep that's not out of because that buries his cap hit too. If you're looking to make exactly. a move, exactly. Yes. Well, yeah, that's the same on. thing. Well, a certain amount of it, he still gets paid NHL money, but it's yeah. um, it's Isn't like, it like three five or something like um, point three five or something like that is what he would be yeah, making so on two the cap. Be on the books. Yeah. Or something like that. Andrew, what do you what are your thoughts on the fourth line? I mean, I honestly don't really care what they do. I think that's one area where if you want to mix and match a little bit based on the matchup, the night play around with it a little bit, let Cassidy do what he does with the fourth line. So maybe he leaves the top two alone. I doubt that's actually going to happen. Loves to mix his lines. Like I like to mix a drink. So (laughs) not really sure what's going to happen there, but um, fourth line is where he should play. If he wants to tinker. Agreed. It's definitely a lot of options. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's 50 some odd days left to go left to the season, and I think there's going to be a lot of different uh, scenarios that this organization and um, and and uh, Bruce Cassidy are going to work with to, you know, get that lineup that he wants. Um, and hopefully, it all works out. And you know, it's it's competitive. I, you know, always want to see a competitive team. Always want to see one that gets into the playoffs. Um, but it's just me. Bruce, if Dude. you're listening, pasta, second line. Yeah. You know, I, I actually – Get out of here. <laughs> Mark, did, you change, did Kevin change your mind a little? Who, me? Mark, yeah. No, nah, I was going to say if Krejci was still here, I really wanted to see one full season of Krejci first line and Bergeron second line center. Ooh, oh, yes. Well, that's a I agree. Take. And I, I and everybody called me crazy. No, yeah, no that's no. not crazy yes. at all. It's like you no. can't break up the perfection line. Yeah. Dude, don't say it. Don't, First I know, off, I don't, 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 don't Kevin's gonna get out of here if you say it. I hate that freaking name. Dude. Every time I oh, say that, God. <laughs> I I bring it up once a week just to piss Kevin off. <laughs> Shut <laughs> it. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, all I think right. this is uh, this is yeah. gonna call it a night. I've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for the spontaneous roundtable. Uh, you guys are the best. I do want to talk about our, our uh, Patreon account that we have. If you go to Patreon, you donate one dollar at the website below. That is Patreon.com/slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast for the audio listeners. You donate one dollar. We do about four episodes, so six episodes depends on how we're feeling that particular month. It's a very short investment to get awesome jerseys. Like this one, hand signed from Rick Middleton, fully authenticated, fully stitched and everything. Beautiful jersey. 
just for a buck. So you can't go wrong. Um, this helps us cut our uh, uh, out-of-pocket costs and uh, helps us uh, feed, feed the writers that, uh, that really pull the train here at the blackgoldhockey.com website. So um, thank you very much, everybody, for the continued support. Truly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back uh, on a regular Sunday schedule. We just had some technical difficulties um, uh, this past uh, Sunday, but wanted to get a show in because I have a contractual agreement with with our uh, show sponsor, betonline.ag. So I want to be the you know the guy that follows through with things. You never want to screw anything up because these guys have been really good to us. But um, I just want to say real quick, Mark. Uh, you know, sh- like shouts out to the whole Boston community and the passing of Jimmy Hayes. Like I'm from Canada and I could feel the love all the way up here. So, um, you know, like, like we said earlier, it's devastating what happened, but the support, um, and the continued love and thoughts for his family and his loved ones. That's much appreciated. Absolutely. Spot on there. And, uh, eat shit, Dustin Penner, you piece of crap. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I had to say that before. So yeah. I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to bring it up, but I figured someone yeah. would say it. Oh, all right. But anyway, uh, thank you, Mr. Andrew Taverna, writer at blackandgoldhockey.com and the host of the Puck Lines podcast. Thank you, Mr. Brett Howard. He is the host of the Beehive podcast. Thank you, Rye Ellis. Um, he's got a podcast that's coming out soon, which I'm very excited to hear. And thank you, Mr. Kevin O'Keefe, writer at blackandgoldhockey.com and the co-host of the uh, Beehive podcast. You guys are doing a great job, by the way. Thank you Thanks, all sir. for your uh, contributions on the network and on the website just amazing stuff we have an amazing team i'm very proud every day to have this type of group uh involved and we were just one big happy family even though andrew is a grumpy old man hey we need that yeah we like that (laughs) we need that all right guys thank you so much and uh please be safe and we'll talk soon go peace peace take care peace out Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.